Good morning. So, um, Graham mentioned it's a special day for Ollie and I. It's our 12-year anniversary today. He's not even here. Ditched me. <laughs> um, and earlier, someone said at the nine, why are you preaching on your anniversary? Partly, Ollie probably stitched me up and thought I would be all right. And uh, secondly, as oh, just every meeting this morning, I might get a little bit too excited because I just feeling the sense of the Holy Spirit, so exciting. Every single meeting I've been to, it feels pumped. feels like God's doing something this morning. And why wouldn't I want to be up here sharing God's good news, stirring everybody so we can all encounter God this morning? Like, come on, I'm up for it. So um, let's go. So last week, um, Belinda started us off on talking on peace. And we looked at Jesus. It's always good to look at Jesus and see what model his life reflects, what he tells us to do, how he lives it, what he says. And she showed us lots of different examples of how Jesus walked and lived and was a peacemaker every day in his life. But also how it was on his heart that we grasped that this peace was up for grabs. This peace is for all of us this morning. And a lot of us are missing that. And just in the prayer meeting this morning, Graham had a word which has been the song in my mind has been preparing this preach about breaking chains. And I'm already in the nine at Centro. I'm just feeling like God's doing a massive work in people's lives this morning. So I really hope as I bring God's word this morning that if you're here and you're feeling trapped and bound, just like Rumbi shared during the worship, lay it all at the cross. Give it all to Jesus now. Don't wait until I get to the end of my preach to think, oh, I better do it now. Like, know that God's at work this morning, that he wants to do a mighty work in your lives. So hopefully today it's going to be a little bit practical. Last week we looked at the role model, Jesus, and what he did. We had some amazing testimonies about people whose lives have been transformed and they got this peace. And today I really want to give us a bit of a practical step on how I've been reading and digesting and processing how we can try and get peace in our lives. It's something I think a lot of us really want, a lot of us desire, we're hungry for, and then when it comes down to it, we don't really know what we're wanting. We don't really know what peace is, and at Centro, I I said it, I ran out of breath and had to take a drink, and I went, peace, and actually sometimes peace sounds like this nice gentle word, Peace like a... You know, oh, so nice. And actually, I realise it's not. It's a war cry. Something we've got to fight and shout, peace! Something we need, something we want, something we can get aggressive on. It's not a gentle, quiet word. It's something we need to pump into. And um, the good example, I think, of what peace is summed up as is the story of Jesus in the boat. And his disciples, they're going across a lake, and there's storms, there's like all sorts of stuff going on, and they are terrified. The disciples are screaming, they think they're going to die, there's water filling up, they don't know what to do, and Jesus sleeps. And you can look at Jesus and think, what are you doing? But Jesus knows that his dad, his father, our God, is in control, and he is at peace. He rests in that time of turmoil and chaos and everything going all over the place. He sleeps. And that's what I want. That is the peace of God that is on offer for us today. Whatever's going on, whatever your life is going through, Jesus has a peace that you can rest 
and be stable and feel that security, knowing that your God is in control. So we're going to read Philippians 4, verse 2 to 9. I entreat Judea and Syndicate to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have laboured side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. We're going to break this down into four points. We'll come back to verses two to three at the end and we're going to have a look at verses four to seven to start with. So my first point, how do we get this peace? It's not worrying. Instead of being a warrior, we need to be someone who's a prayer and someone who's thankful. In Acts 10, it talks about the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. And John 14, verse 27 says, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So many other religions and life make a to-do list of all this stuff you've got to do to get something. If I just do this, this, this and this, I'll get peace. We're not having to work at peace. We get to share Jesus' peace. Jesus has already made peace with God by dying on a cross and rising again. He's done it. We get to share in his peace. That gives us a freedom that is not just another tick list of a thousand things we've got to do to get peace in life. That is given. It's a something that can come out of us by knowing Jesus. When we know that, we then think, well, what is this peace? And Jesus talked about this just before he died. And you think, well, thanks for talking about your peace, Jesus, but do I want this? Because you talked about peace, and then you went and got tortured, and you got killed. I don't know if I want that. Like, is that peace? I'm not really sure. Actually, Jesus says, no, my peace. I want to come and give you perfect peace. I want to come and open that door so that you can come in that you can come into the peace that I share with my Father, that I have already given you forgiveness. I've given you right standing with with the Father. I'm calling you my child of God. I love you. I've done it all. I've made the way for you to have this peace. And this is the peace Jesus has on offer for us this morning, a perfect peace, peace that people in the whole of this world are desperate for, are filling their lives with all different things to try and find this peace. But the only peace we can ever fully get that is perfect and satisfies is the, G- the, the peace through Jesus Christ. So when it says in the Bible, do not be anxious about anything, that's all very well, isn't it? But when you're going through a tough time, like I'm a teacher for three days of the week, Mum for everything else, slash do everything else in my life. Life gets busy. I feel like some weeks I feel a bit head heavy 
and don't know if I'm coping quite well um, with all the odd jobs and fitting everything in. And I, and I start worrying. I think, oh, what if I forget that? What if I don't do that? When's Finn's sports day? Oh, what if he doesn't go into school with his pee kit? And I start panicking about all this stuff. And then I have to stop. Because it says in the Bible, do not be anxious about anything. Instead, pray and give thanks for everything. And it's in those moments when I stop and I say, God, thank you that you are the mighty God, that I can't organize my life this week, but you organize the heavens and the earth and all creation. Thank you, God, that I forgot to love my son or take him to school on time. But you don't. You never forget me. You know every hair on my head. And suddenly, me thanking God and fixing my eyes on God totally changes that situation. From fear and anxiety, I then have that peace. Okay, verse 8 to 9, point 2. It's not empty in your mind, it's filling it. Verse 8 has this word called think. And uh, I know as a teacher, I often tell my students, you need to think about this, or you need to revise this. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And you know when you do the test, they haven't, because they all got zero, and they didn't even bother opening their maths books. You're like, thanks, guys. And that's what we do a lot. It says to think, yeah, yeah, God. I think about you, yeah. I read it at some point. I sing a song at some point. Not today, though, I'm a bit busy. And we, we don't, we don't think, we don't digest or read any truth or process it well. And um, I've got these chickens at home, and they kind of just walk around, not really, mind their own business, not really much of a brain between them, to be honest. But I walk in there with some mealworms, and suddenly they're like, mealworms! And uh, they want these mealworms, it's like their favourite thing, and they will punch, well they, they can't punch, they've got wings, they'll wing each other and they'll claw each other and they'll peck each other and they're jumping over and there are feathers flying everywhere and they want those mealworms so bad. And the Greek word for think here means to pound to mind, to chew over. Like these chickens are pounding these mealworms. They are desperate for these mealworms. They are fighting. They won't let anyone else stop them getting near that truth. Mealworm. And we need to be like that with our Bibles. It's so free. It's just available. We've all got about 20 Bibles, all with dust on our shelves. We could pick any of them. Oh, I don't know, a bit busy. We need to be people who are wanting to pound this truth, knowing that this truth is the only way we're free. Knowing who Jesus Christ is is the only way we get freedom. We need to know this truth. The reason the Freed for Purpose course works at the church is because it's truth, 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 truth. By the end of the course, people are so head-heavy full of truth. Of course, things are going to change in their life. We need truth in our life. We need to be people who are thinking truth. Why are we here? Who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? Why does that affect me? Why is that okay? What is going on? We need to be people who are asking big questions, who are digesting this truth, who are hungry for it, who are pounding and moving our elbows, whatever, out the way so we get as much of it into ourselves. We need to be people who are pounding this truth because this is how we get peace. When we know who Jesus Christ is, when we know what he's done for our life, when we know who we are in Christ, that breaks the chains, that frees us, that that, that. makes us just want to have a purpose and run for life and get excited. 
And what does the world offer? Well, if you look at through self-help books, you look through natural therapies, support groups, other religions, they tell you to relax, to meditate, put it in a box, leave it for another day, empty your mind. No, the Bible tells us to fill our mind. We need to be filling it up with truth, not emptying it. We don't need to empty it. God gave us a brain to fill up with truth so that we know who we are so we can go out and fight this battle. And we're not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's a big wake-up call for me as I'm reading this, thinking, I want this. I want the peace of God. I need to start reading my Bible and knowing this truth and fighting, fighting for this peace, knowing that this will set me free. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, it peace of God surpasses all understanding. Human understanding cannot produce it, cannot come anywhere near to this peace that's on offer this morning. The peace that surpasses all understanding is God's. God's peace that he wants to share with you this morning. Verses 11 to 13, point number three. It's not our circumstances, it's Jesus. Now, Romans 8, verse 35, great verse. We can all, it's like an army verse, you know, Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And you can go into battle with it. But if you read it a bit before, there's a whole list of different situations. Trials, dangers, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, sword. You think, huh, I don't think I want any of that to happen to me, thanks God. No, I'm, I'm all right. Life's going okay. Actually, the Bible is full of warnings that life is going to be tough. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that, become a Christian, yay, it's all fun, all good, nothing bad will ever happen to you. And I think we need to realise that this morning, because I think as Christians, sometimes we kind of believe that because we're in with Jesus, suddenly life's going to be all roses and we're going to float along. And then suddenly something hits, and suddenly we're on the floor and we're surrounded by fear, and we doubt God, and we don't know what's going on, and you watch people in those situations, and it's heartbreaking, because they thought, because you're a Christian, suddenly life's going to be perfect. Jesus promises us life to the full, promises us a life that is like no other, because he offers us peace, he offers us joy, he offers us a purpose and a hope. That's what Jesus offers us. He doesn't say the situation's going to change. Situations don't change. I'm sure we can look around today and either we're going through something tough or we know someone, at least someone, who's going through something tough. There's horrible things in the news at the moment. There are horrible, horrible situations that are happening. I don't think we're um, shocked that bad things are happening. But we need to be aware that it, history, the Bible, is time after time tell us that it's going to be bad things that happen. So what... What brilliant. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks for sharing that. Um, how does that help me get peace? I think we need to know that. Because when those bad times hit, we need to stand firm. We need to be like Jesus was in that boat. Not like the disciples who are all screaming, we're going to die. But we need to rest assured that we've got a God that loves us, that God has a plan for us and purpose. And we need to rest. We need to sometimes know that it's not about us. Just like Rumbi said in the worship time in the, at the beginning, we need to lay everything down. We need to give it all to God and say, I've, you've got this. I don't know how, 
I don't know what's going to happen, but you've got this. You've got this. And I think sometimes we believe that story or that verse out there, all clouds have a silver lining. And when sometimes things go really wrong, you kind of pat someone on the back. It's all right. It's all going to work out for God's glory. (laughs) Not the most encouraging thing ever to say to somebody, because I think when people go through things, they need to know it's bad. They need to know it's tough. They need to know that it's just that horrible situation. And actually, I've seen a few people really close to me going through horrific situations, and you look back years later, and I still don't know the point of it. It was a tough time. It was horrible. And there's no cloud. There's no nice little lining. It was a hard time. It really affected them. They wobbled with God, and they're not quite back with God. And you think, what were you doing, God? And you That is when you need to say, God, I trust you. I know that in your totality, in the huge scheme of life, when I get to heaven and look back, I will go, ah, okay. But God never gives us a time frame. He never gives us a time limit. Oh, well, wait two days and woohoo. Like, it doesn't happen like that. Sometimes bad things happen. And I think as Christians, we need to be aware of that, go through that pain with people, but know that we've got something good on offer. As Christians, we've got peace to go through that storm differently. We need to fight for this peace. We've been hearing about the kingdom of God every week. And every week we realize we're seeing bits, we're seeing signs now, but we're not fully completed. It's not there yet. We're not in heaven. And so, yes, we can grasp peace. We can get bits. God gives us a bit of his kingdom. We're like, yeah, but we need to fight for it. We shouldn't just be like, oh, peace, tick, let's try joy this week. You've got to fight for it. If you want peace, you've got to be praying. You've got to be thanking. You've got to be digesting and chewing your Bible. You need to be going out going, I want peace. I'm going to have the peace of God. Because if you haven't got it, you can't go out and give it to anybody else. You are useless if you go out that room today without peace. How are you going to give it to anyone? Because you haven't even got it yourself. So we need to get ourselves ready so we can then go out. At the moment, we're in a world that I think we're even more aware of it than ever, um, of fear. There's fires going on. There's bombs happening, like nonstop, just horrible situations time and time again. And someone in my life group this week said, you know, it's all very well, that story of Jesus in the boat. But what do I tell my friends who say, well, your God can stop that storm? Why can't he stop a fire in London? And you stop and you think, I don't know, I don't know how to answer that. And luckily, I don't have to, I'm not God. Because <laughs> that's horrible, I don't know. I don't know why horrible things happen, but I do know that I've got a God that I am going to cling to and I'm going to trust. And when I go out in that world, I've got a peace that surpasses all understanding that no one else has unless they know Jesus. And I need to go out there and be in those situations offering that peace because that is the only way people get through these tough situations. So my last point, we're going back to verses two to three. And there's a situation going on between two women. And the message translation says that Paul urges them to iron out their differences and make up and he asked the other person to help them and work things out Jesus's whole life is about peace he goes in he wants to deal with reconciliation he wants to deal with conflict Jesus is the prince of peace that is him he wants peace and yet we're called in Matthew 5 verse 
Nine, to go out and be the peacemakers. To go out into the world. Just like Paul's talking about to these two women, he's saying, come on, I urge you to iron these differences out. You need to make peace. We need to, in every situation, we need to be going out there and making peace wherever we go. Last week, Belinda shared about how we kind of find a bit of peace in different insurances. So she had her dog insurance, health, money, all that sort of thing. And you think people are looking for peace. They're finding it in a relationship until it breaks up. They find it in a job until someone else gets promoted. They're trying to find peace. And the only peace that anyone can have that is perfect and will stand the test of time is Jesus. Jesus offers the perfect peace. And it's all very well. Lots of people here might have amazing testimonies where they're like, God has freed me and I've got this peace and it's amazing. But if that's all it is, that's great for you. But that's, we've missed the point. Because Jesus tells us we need to go and be peacemakers. Not to keep it for yourself, but to go out into all the world and make sure other people know Jesus' peace. We need to be people who are looking at the broken and want to build that friendship. The people who are lost, who are walking on their own, just like Jesus would have done. Walk over and befriend them and love them. For those people that you really struggle to work with, that maybe you hold a grudge against or just don't like, (laughs) we're called to be bridge makers, to be the difference, like to go into work and set the standard of, I want to be like Jesus. I want to show you that there's peace on offer here today. So much so that people go, how can you love that person? And you can say, because Jesus loves that person. And they see something of that peace that Jesus has on offer. So we've got a time now where the band will come up soon and we're going to have a response. How do we get this peace? Well, firstly, we need to be thankful We need to be praying. We need to fix our eyes on God. Because as soon as we fix our eyes on God, suddenly everything else falls away. When we fix our eyes on ourselves, we're basically praying for ourselves. Oh, me. Oh, life's really hard. Help me. Doesn't work. When we fix our eyes on God, when we start thanking Him, when we start looking at Him, suddenly something happens. We need to be like my chickens, proper chewing this word. And if you're like me, I make so many excuses why I haven't got time to read the Bible. Oh, my eyes. My eyes are really tired. I can't possibly read. You know, like anything to get out of reading it. And I've got some really good friends around me who always challenge me on it. And there's no excuse now. We live in a world where internet is available everywhere. And you haven't even got to go to the library or say you can't get to the library to get a book. Now we can get it all on our phones. And actually, for me, the best thing that's helped me to digest the word is an audio Bible, which is a free app. Suddenly, I'm in bed, oh, my eyes, and I press play, and that truth's pounding in. Find your ways. Worship. It's an amazing tool. These songs people write are all from the Bible, all biblical words of truth. As we sing it, don't just go, I like this melody. Read those words. Proclaim it. That, know that truth is so powerful and it can transform your life just singing it and reading it. So find ways to chew, to gnaw up this truth. Don't make excuses. Because if you make excuses, it's going to be you who hasn't got that peace. In order to get peace, we need to fight for it. 
at Life Group, a guy was going in for um, a heart operation, and he was really fearful about it, came to church, and someone came up to him and said, here's a highlighter. I want you to go home, highlight every verse with the word peace in it in Psalm, which turns out there's a lot, because he had a very yellow Bible, he said. But he went into hospital on his own, and in a situation where he should have had absolute fear and anxiety, he was told that the odds weren't looking good, he might die, quite scary. He went in knowing these truths. He'd read peace, 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 peace. He knew who he was. He knew who God was. He knew this peace. And he said he had this moment that he'd never experienced before of just utter peace. We need to be people who are reading our word. We need to not make excuses and be reading it. And once we've got this peace, we're not meant to be keeping it to ourselves. We are meant to be peacemakers. We're meant to be going out there and spreading Jesus, spreading his love, letting people know that the only way they can have this peace is knowing Jesus. We're called to share the good news about this peace, and we're called to be different, live our lives differently. And if you don't know Jesus today, the only way you're going to get this utter perfect peace is to choose to let him be your Lord and Saviour in your life. And that's easy as well, in that you've got to make that choice. If you know that your life is going one way and there is no peace, there is no joy, there's no love, then you know that Jesus is going to be your Lord and Saviour. You need to say, sorry, God, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I choose you. I choose to say that you are Jesus, the Son of God, and I want to live my life for you. And this morning, even now, we're going to start singing a song. And those words, let them hit your heart. That you choose to believe this truth. If you need to know Jesus, pray that prayer. Speak to someone. Come and pray with a leader. We'd love you to know Jesus this morning. Because this piece is on, this is a, like a war cry. I left Centro like screaming in the car. Because I was just like, this is it. It's not a little peace, peace. It's a peace. We've got something on offer that everyone needs. We all need, but people who don't know Jesus really need. And we're the... God wants us to go out there and share it. And we need to get hungry about that. We need to get stirred to think, yeah, those people, I really struggle at work. I need them to know that peace. I need them to know Jesus. So I'd just love um, to pray as we get into our song. Thank you, God, that when we look at a world that is crumbling, When we look at a world that is broken, when we're broken, when we're crumbling, you remain. You are the same yesterday, today and forever. You are faithful. You've got our back. You've chosen us and you love us. pray for people this morning who just feel trapped, who feel bound up with anxiety, bound up with fear, chained so tight you can't breathe. You break, Jesus breaks chains. I pray in your name, Jesus, will you break chains this morning? Will you break anxiety? Will you break fears? Will you break pain? Will you break hurt? People know you. Pray for your peace this morning, Jesus. I thank you that we get to share in your peace, your perfect peace. 
And I pray, help us to fix our eyes on you, our maker, our creator, our rescuer, our redeemer. Thank you for your perfect peace, Lord. I just pray this morning, come now, come and free people, come and stir people up to know their peace is in you.